Everyone has that show me some call some caller, the Boza Talker, aka Mum Go. They've got stories for days, but not enough airtime to tell them. And maybe you're that friend, and everyone wants to hear your long, long stories. For the first time ever, MTN is introducing the new MTN Boza Talk. These are voice bundles that let you make MTN to MTN pay-as-you-go calls and talk all day long. You could pay only 10 rand and talk for 400 long minutes. Offers are available in daily and weekly voice bundles. To get your personalized offers, simply join MTN by dialing star 136 star 2 hash and select Boza Deals. Then select Boza Talk. Now you can call everyone again and talk all day long. Go big. Go Boza with MTN. 20 minutes it is after 7 p.m. We go straight into the world of money and power. And joining me this evening uh, to take us through some of the big stories in the markets is Zuela Kemguni, Chief Investment Officer and Co-Founder at Benguela Global Fund Managers. Kwabe, good evening to you and welcome. Good evening, Aya. Good evening to your listeners. Yeah, thank you very much for joining us. I want us maybe to start off, uh, I guess, in the world of ICT, Time Bank. Uh, they've managed uh, through uh, some very nifty partnerships here, including uh, a tie-up with uh, the uh, Fashini Group and uh, uh, creating some kiosks within uh, the retail presence of the Fashini Group. And they've now racked up 4 million customers in less than three years and uh, seems uh, a few things looming in the horizon for them in the Philippines as well. Yeah, I mean, Time Bank has been quite uh, smart in terms of uh, uh, how they went about gathering customers because I think as a bank, I mean, there's been a lot of competition that's, uh, that's been uh, rising up in, in South Africa for the smaller banks, or at least the new, new banks. And what they did is they took a different route by going uh, into partnerships rather than just hunting for customers one by one. So, so they're doing similar things in the, in the Philippines as what they did here in South Africa. Mm, mm. Talk to me about, I guess, you know, uh, um, their tie-up, not just with... You know, TFG, they also had a, a partnership with Boxer at some stage and also, you know, the ZCC partnership, which uh, I guess because of COVID and many other constraints since that was struck, uh, probably hasn't yielded as much as Time Bank might have expected. Yeah, I mean, uh, if one looks at numbers, they didn't do too badly. I mean, for a bank that was started in 2019, uh, to have 4 million uh, users, I mean, it's, it's quite a significant uh, I think where the catch is is basically the kind of revenue they can expect to make uh, per customer, so the non-bank, the non-interest uh, revenue, and also the, the interest revenue that they could make. I mean, if you look at where the partnerships have been focused at the moment in South Africa, they've been more on the lower uh, LSMs where uh, the revenue per customer is probably going to be lower. And one can contrast that to a discovery bank where they still haven't, they don't even have a million uh, accounts, but probably their revenue per customer is relatively better because they, they are able to, or firstly, the customers that they are dealing with are relatively more um, uh, uh, financially uh, better. And then the activities on things like online and online purchases are also significantly higher. But I certainly think that Time Bank hasn't done too badly. They are supposed to go uh, the partnership route rather than hunting for customers one at a time. I think it seems to be paying off. 
Let's let's stay there in the telecom space. MTN uh, also uh, gave us some guidance uh, earlier on today around, uh, I guess, how they fared in their different operations. And I want us maybe to start off there. I mean, a quarterly update uh, for the quarter ending 30 September, uh, but uh, certainly an eventful one by any stretch of the imagination. Let's start there in Nigeria. Seemingly a mix of a few regulatory challenges, but also uh, we understand a, uh, a book build underway in Nigeria as well. What's happening in that market, uh, which is certainly one of their key and mainstay markets? Yeah, I mean, uh, MTN, uh, it's unbelievable the kind of turnaround that they've achieved, uh, especially in Nigeria. So, so on one side, I mean, they've had to basically re-register some customers and that looks like through that process, they lost some some customers, uh, and that that was about uh, one and a half million roughly. And uh, on the other side, they are looking to basically reduce their holding uh, or their portfolio uh, holding in the in that in that market. So by basically selling some more shares in the market, and they've been able to get some dividends out of that uh, that market. It's been quite challenging from a, a forex point of view. They are now able to have seen some cash, and those will all go towards reducing the debt uh, in the group that uh, basically ballooned. I mean, we, we remember that they, they got fined by the Nigerian regulator uh, a few years ago, and they seem to have put uh, that behind them and working hard towards uh, unlocking value for shareholders. Mm, mm. And then if we come to South Africa, um, a lot of changes, I guess, also by way of sweating some of the network infrastructure assets. And I'm interested to hear your views on that um, in service of Telcom and Celsius as well and many of the other MVNO clients they might have uh, on the wholesale side. But also announcing that, uh, I guess, uh, which was old news, but uh, certainly is something that will make them very, very happy. And uh, that is the uh, the appointment as uh, the service provider of choice for the public service. Um, and uh, that appointment, I guess, made by the National Treasury and the Procurement Office there. Yeah, I mean, the, again, uh, the, 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 this update was actually very positive. I mean, mm. they, they, they seem to be uh, doing very well. Subscribers are... Uh, up in South Africa, they also their revenues are up, and the the appointment of uh, MTN at a national level would basically get them into a more lucrative uh, postpaid market uh, where they'll be able mm. to uh, uh, basically service the clients, the, the government clients, and generally the revenue per subscriber day is relatively higher. And then mobile money, talk to me about the fintech offering. I mean, uh, they've been talking this up uh, for a long time now. I mean, <laughs> airtime advances, insurance, Momo, mobile money. Uh, where are we uh, when it comes to that? And I guess uh, also they've signaled their intention to separate those operations, their data offering and uh, some of their financial services plays. Yeah, I mean, as I said, I mean, the focus is squarely on managing costs, but also on unlocking value. And that fintech uh, operation uh, has grown quite phenomenally. I think they grew uh, subscribers by about uh, 22%, and to to 51 million. That that is quite a significant uh, growth that that they've achieved, and they are generating quite a substantial uh, amount of revenue. They they up 35% on on a revenue basis on that mobile money, and they say that the value of the transactions. 
has gone up now to about 175 uh, billion dollars. So, so it's quite quite a big. Even if you take a sliver of a uh, margin on that on that transaction value, I mean, it's quite a substantial amount uh, that they are basically uh, facilitating transactions mm. uh, uh, through through. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, this is whenever I look at this entity, I mean. Uh, you know, this is a massive operation, um, and they, they might probably be thinking um, a lot about what uh, we're going to be talking about later on tonight, which is uh, the nation state of Ethiopia uh, and the liberalization process, what role they play there, if at all, um, in Africa's second most populous consumer market. Um, they, they didn't say much about it in, in this particular statement, um, but uh, your thoughts, I guess, on uh, what might potentially be down the pipeline for them uh, out in Addis Ababa. Yeah, I mean, it's quite difficult to speculate, but I certainly think that as one of uh, Africa's biggest operations uh, with potentially the ability to leverage the capital expenditure uh, that is required to set up networks, it probably would be well positioned. I mean, they've got the balance sheet, mm. they've got the, uh, the, the experience and the proven experience if you run 21 operations. Uh, it's not easy, and yeah, they've got yeah. a proven track record in that in that regard. So potentially they they would maybe uh, get a chance there, but uh, they they did say that they'll be quite disciplined in terms of uh, uh, their bid. Mm, mm. Let's let's shift our attention now just briefly away from MTN um, to uh, the latest in, I guess, uh, South Africa and maybe one of the continent's largest investors, and that's the Public Investment Corporation. Um, a lot has happened there, and maybe for the purpose of some of our listeners who might not be familiar uh, with the PIC, where it invests and who it is uh, and whose money it holds, uh, maybe give us some of that background uh, briefly as well. I can also, I guess, talk about uh, how now this new board uh, probably might be the first board that doesn't have interim uh, when we describe it, uh, because many of the other ones have been interim, acting board, everybody's acting artists of Hollywood. Yeah, I mean, the... the the, the, we all know that there was a, a party commission that was uh, a commission to investigate uh, certain transactions mm. at the PIC, and that led to changes in the uh, in the board. And essentially, uh, there was an interim board, and now it's been replaced with a, a permanent board uh, to to basically now focus on. Uh, executing the, the mandate of the of the business. So the PIC is the biggest uh, uh, investment manager on the continent. And, uh, I mean, one of their biggest clients is the government employees' pension fund. So they're basically managing that, uh, the assets of the uh, state employees. So, so they, they are quite an important uh, cog in our economy in that they are able to f- support not only public markets uh, and invest in public markets, but also in private markets. Uh, and they, they are quite an important institution in the investment world and for the, for the country. Mm, mm. And of course, I guess going back to the tradition of having the uh, Deputy Finance Minister chairing the board. Yeah, I mean, I, I mean that, is, uh, that is certainly uh, the way it, it's been for quite a long time. Mm. And uh, so Mr. Masonda is now uh, back in that position uh, as as, um, as the chairman of the board, 
So, yeah, I mean, I, I think the, the, there were some concerns that were raised, but uh, it looks like, I mean, the, 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 the government and the, the PIC uh, saw those as being maybe trivial. Mm, uh, yeah, yeah. And uh, I guess the other question, Mark, is what then faces this uh, new board, which, of course, uh, will soon... Uh, and make sure that all of the vacancies we also heard, I mean, the CFO are being released. Uh, um, so, so there might also be, I guess, a lot of, um, you know, uh, institution building that has to happen in order to undertake some of the tasks that might be sitting in the inbox of the new management team, uh, including some of the recommendations of the party commission. I agree. I mean, I, I think they, they've got their work cut out for them, but, but certainly where we are today compared to maybe a, a year or 18 months ago, the, the, the business of the PIC is probably in safe hands, in the sense of uh, the board is now focused on executing, uh, like I say, uh, hiring uh, new people, making sure that the allocations are right. So I, I think it's more that kind of operational focus uh, than basically dealing with issues that maybe uh, raise questions around the, the safety of the uh, uh, employees' uh, capital, state employees' capital. Mm, mm. Then the other thing I wanted to uh, maybe get your views on uh, as well, Ake, is um, some of the remarks you're coming through from the competition authorities on uh, Take-A-Lot and Naspers. Now, um, the ComCom is accusing Naspers of bullying tactics. We know uh, that uh, the Competition uh, uh, Commission is engaged at the moment uh, in this online intermediation platform's market inquiry. So we're looking into the likes of uh, Uber Eats, Take A Lot, Bolt, Mr. D, Uber, and many others. Um, your thoughts on this? I mean, and uh, I guess, you know, this is, is not unique to South Africa by any stretch of the imagination. Um, yeah, I mean, uh, we, we are globally in, a, in an environment where uh, relationships between the uh, tech companies or whether e-commerce or social media, I mean, those relationships are being uh, reviewed and assessed from a consumer's interest point of view that uh, is, is enough being done to protect uh, the consumers. And factors like in this particular instance of uh, uh, this inquiry, it's more about the relationship between uh, Take a lot, for example, as one of the aggregators within uh, uh, the Nasdaq stable, OLX and uh, Superballist, how they treat the, the smaller sellers and, and how they, they, is there any form of intimidation, is there any form of uh, bullying that is taking place to, mm. on the small sub- suppliers. And that is essentially the, 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 the gist of the inquiry, where the inquiry is looking at. And in this space, I mean, you know, one of the interesting things is that it's such a fluid and uh, rapidly developing space uh, uh, as well. I'm quite interested, I guess, in, you know, uh, whether or not in your assessment, uh, just from an investment perspective, you've seen advances and strides elsewhere in the world uh, that at least are coming with a workable solution to try and grapple with some of the market power and market dominance uh, issues uh, that uh, have unfolded in uh, similar types of platforms in other parts of the world. Yeah, I mean, I mean, one, 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 one example would be, uh, for example, the, the on the social media side. I mean, the the companies used to take data and store it without uh, uh, basically uh, the user's uh, permission. 
there have been interventions across the world basically to try and push back on that. And also uh, uh, acts like uh, POPIA have also assisted in terms of uh, ensuring that they don't force uh, the potential buyers or the, the, the consumers with stuff that is not truthful, but also stuff that is uh, that the consumers didn't ask for. So I think in this case, I mean, we probably will see a shift towards uh, balancing the, the relationships with the, with the small uh, uh, sellers, that they be uh, treated uh, in, in, in a more respectable way. I think there, there is a concern that the, the bigger guys get an advantage or get preferential treatment on these platforms, and mm. they plan to see maybe if they can try and address that. Yeah, yeah. Kwabe, let's leave it there, my brother. Always a pleasure catching up with you, and uh, thank you very much for your time. Thank you. That there was uh, Zwelake Mguni joining us uh, this evening for our business wrap. And uh, yeah, taking a look at some of the big stories there that came out uh, of uh, the markets. Uh, 24 minutes it is uh, before 8 p.m. Yeah, I'd love to hear from you also, I guess, uh, just outside of the markets, uh, what you make of uh, the outcomes of the uh, 2021 local government elections. And uh, yeah, 100% complete uh, the numbers that we have. And as I said, uh, yeah, uh, the distribution quite clear, 167 councils to the ANC.